Clark again. Now Bell. Portiers through the middle. Here's McDougall. Absolutely magnificent. Coming in to a total jamboree for Aberdeen. Well, you just can't expect to see goals any better than that. Welcome to the latest By The Minute Aberdeen podcast. Joining me, Richard Hay, tonight, I've got Martin Clunas. Martin, how are you? I'm doing great, Richard. And with us this week, the man behind the Red Point of View uh, blog, formerly, but now transformed into online magazine. It's Ryan Crombie. Great to have you back, Ryan. Great to be back on with you guys. We'll obviously talk about the hard work that went into producing the first issue of that magazine later in the show, but worth the effort, I think, Ryan. Really well done. Cheers. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, looking back then to Apollo Limassol at home at Pataudry on Thursday night, and pleasingly, it was a full house at Pataudry, which don't come around that often, especially when there's no away support to speak of. Not only that, Martin, it was a full house, but it was a noisy full house. Although that's maybe partly because Derek McInnes had asked for that ahead of the game, specifically. Is it not a bit embarrassing that the manager needs to expressly ask for that? Something that worries me is... Richard, here is that Derek McInnes has come out and said that. Now, whether he had to say it or not, he, he did. Um, he came out a couple of days later with the, the message about the season tickets as well. What worries me is I do think that come perhaps maybe the end of this season, maybe halfway through next season, when Derek McInnes is maybe looking for looking at pastures new, he's going to call back on the moments like this where he's going to have to he's going to say, you know, I had to ask people to make noise. I had to ask people to come to the games. I had to basically go out begging people to buy season tickets. At the moment, it's as good as it's been in living memory, really, for many of us. Um, so it is a bit. It is a bit worrying. It is a bit kind of. It is a little bit embarrassing. But it's. I'm more concerned about the long game, really. That you know when. When Derek's looking at you know, a big another job with perhaps a bigger team, he's going to hark back and say, you know, no, Aberdeen perhaps were ambitious enough for me. Well, it's, it's certainly something that came up when Alex Ferguson left. Uh, I recall him getting upset about a European Cup quarter-final crowd against Gothenburg, which wasn't a sellout. Imagine that, not selling out a European Cup quarter-final. But that's how spoilt we were back in the day. Let's at least praise those that did turn out, Ryan, and did create a good atmosphere because it was a, it was a sellout and for a, an opposition which very few people would uh, be aware of and um, it was sold out within the space of six days because that's all the time we had to sell the ties. So, you know, that was a positive. Yeah, exactly. I think you mentioned there it's just the short space of time between confirming our spot in the next round and then actually selling out all the tickets is terrific and uh, as um, Martin says, it is a bit worrying because these kind of nights, it's the best it's going to get at this stage for Aberdeen. And if people aren't turning out and they're not buying season tickets for this kind of team that we've got right now, then you have to wonder what they will turn out for. But on Thursday night, yep, yeah, absolutely terrific. And uh, it's these kind of things that you go to football for these kind of nights, especially Petodre in European game. And it got off to a perfect start with Ryan Christie's uh, headed goal, another headed goal from him, uh, in the fourth minute. 
and it really was a perfect start. We came out of the traps very quickly, Martin. Something I mentioned last week, week on the when we was on as well, is I, I stupidly spoke about perhaps maybe a little bit cuter than other teams and perhaps maybe getting in first with a dirty foul or something. And then, now while it wasn't a dirty foul, Graham Shirey goes in to get himself booked after what ninety seconds, um, and the ref, referee, which was a bit, it was it was very soft. It made me look like a complete arse after what I said last week. <laughs> Last week on the podcast, not for the first time. It was a really good, it was a great start. You know, it was aggressive. We were at them. We've been very critical, especially on here, where we've said that, you know, when big crowds turn up, Aberdeen don't deliver a performance. That's the, that's what the fans wanted to see. You know, people who maybe only come three or four times a season, you know, they came along, Dons were at it. They were, they were at, their th- at their throats from the very first minute. Um, and it was rewarded with Ryan Christie's early goal, yeah. Impressive start, Ryan. Good one-touch football good linking between Mackay Steven and Christie in particular, and Shinny and Christie as well. The disappointment perhaps is that um, we didn't create that many clear-cut chances. There was a lot of nice football, and I did think that Apollon's fullbacks were there to be exposed, and I did think we made a good job of that. You saw that for the first goal, Mackay Steven put a ball in from out wide. But yeah, I, th- I thought there was um, a few final touches was still lacking. Obviously that will come with a bit more games under our belt. With more games to come, we'll start clicking a bit better. But I have to say it was an electric start and it was good to see us get on top of the, the visitors. We get to half-time, we're still 1-0 up. Our grip on the game has definitely loosened by that point, Martin. But uh, at 1-0 up at half-time, would you have been sticking or twisting? Certainly the trend in European football in recent years seems to have gone away from the kind of Walter Smith approach to just grinding through these ties. It does seem that you need to attack at home and away. Yeah, um, at home certainly, uh, I would have been, I'd have been twisting and going, tr- going for keeping, try to keep going for a second. As it as it showed, you know they got a, they got a goal, um, and you know one one would have been, I think one one would have been a terrible result really at home. Uh, to get to, to get the second made it or made it you know made it acceptable. But um, this sort of this kind of ha- this kind of I'm glad we've got away from that attitude. And you mentioned the Walter Smith kind of thing. I'm glad we didn't kind of get to that kind of thing where we're just going to be playing defensively and very boring football and hoping to kind of scrape through on penalties or, or away goals or something like that. That's 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 not what you want to see. And I was delighted that we kind of, we kind of managed to kind of make it work at the end. Ryan, you spoke about Tapolin's full-backs being gettable. Um, if they did have quality, it was definitely from middle to front. They did look quite impressive, very slick going forward. And what they did at half-time was switch the two up top which definitely gave them a much greater grip on the game. And really, we, we fell out of the game completely for that 15-20 minute period. And the goal seemed to be coming. Very much resembling of the last game against Soroki at Pitodri. You could almost sense the crowd sort of went a bit flat, struggling to get a foothold in the game. And then, of course, they got their goal. Uh, as you say, I think it worked with them going two up front. First half, the guy up front was a bit isolated. They weren't managing to get the ball up to him quick enough. But I think the fact that it made such an impact putting two up front is a bit worrying. Just such making it such a simple tactical change that we've not really been able to deal with that. You have to hope that they do better in their way like if um, Apple and make any more tactical changes like that. Well, there's two things I think to be noted there, Martin. Firstly, that uh, to make that change, they took off who might have been assumed pre-match to be their key player, De Silva. Uh, you know... You see that coming out at the start of the second half. You would think that's a, a good thing for us, but it, it seems that certainly these days that, that formations are almost equally as important as those players within that formation. 
yeah, all the kind of pre-game talk. Every, everybody who sort of, I know we didn't know much about Apollon to be fair, but you know he'd been identified as the as the danger man and the one who was going to cause us all the problems. And then as soon as he's off, they start causing us problems. But you're completely right to say that. I think that perhaps though we just read the, the formation quickly enough. We didn't re- react quickly enough. Um, it's certainly something that you know was a concern at the time. It was a you no. Know, eventually, we kind of came came to grips with it. Um, obviously, help with the help with the sending off. But um, it was certainly a concern at the time. It's something that no. I, I mean, I don't know how much you can really gain from what from these watching these sort of teams. I mean, you know, a simple tactical change. It should be you know fairly fairly straightforward to react to. But um, on this occasion, it wasn't quite that straightforward. No. Well, Dermot McInnes did identify it and was trying to make the substitute. Uh, substitution whilst they score the equaliser. Uh, the switch was to three at the back, Kyrie Anderson coming on alongside Anthony O'Connor and uh, Mark Reynolds. Anthony O'Connor in particular seemed much more comfortable as part of a three, do you think, Ryan? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the <coughs> major factor in that was Kyrie Arneson coming on. I think the thing I spotted um, from my position in the south stand was when it was almost a minute after Arneson came on, one of their players was bombing down the wing. They'd gotten behind Considine, I think it was. And then the three centre-backs were running back towards goal. Um, O'Connor and Reynolds uh, just looked like they wanted to get into position. Um, whether as Arneson was telling O'Connor and Reynolds where to go, like position-wise, whilst getting back into position at the same time, um, I don't think his the re-signing of Arneson can be overstated enough. I think he'll be a great acquisition and definitely... So make Reynolds and O'Connor, whoever he's playing beside, a lot better and composed. I think both of them play well when they have a better defender beside them. And I think Arneson can be the one to step up and sort of take command of that centre-half partnership, or three as it was. Well, that got us more of a foothold back into the game, definitely. But the, the real turning point was unquestionably the sending off of Esteban Chiquetti, the uh, Argentinian midfielder for the Cypriots. Now, uh, Martin, I think there's a there's a fair school of thought that says he should have been off after 20 minutes. I think I don't think it's a school of thought. I think it's you know, he should have been off after 20 minutes. He's lucky to, he's lucky to stay on the pitch and um, not be hauled up for it. It was a it was absolutely shocking, but weak refereeing, whatever you want to call it, um, he was on there. But yeah, as soon as he went off, the game was there to be was there for us to win. Um, a, a few there was a few pretty poor challenges from them in the game as well. Disappointing that those those tackles were allowed to kind of fly, but it's it just unfortunately is what it is. He he wasn't that impressive for them, so I but I don't know I don't know how much of a how much of a loss he will be for them. Um, because obviously he'd be suspended, but um, there's no—I mean, he shouldn't have been on the pitch to make that challenge. And it's uh, thankfully we came through it unscathed. But you know, we've seen it before with Aberdeen how many times that we've we've, we've stumbled when you know with the old hard luck story. Yes, Tiketi will miss the second leg. Um, certainly, the the Cypriot manager was claiming he's he's a key player for the team, but uh, how much of that is. Is evident we'll see on Thursday. Uh, the their manager will also miss the second leg, or at least miss it from the dugout, as he was sent to the stands uh, for over celebrating their equaliser. Now, uh, Ryan, I think again, Ryan Christie really buys that sending off. It's a fantastic bit of skill, isn't it? It, it just and it just shows what Ryan's capable of doing to opposition players in any part of the pitch. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a double embarrassment for the guy that got sent off. He got absolutely done by Ryan Christie and then got a red card for his efforts to try and make make amends for 
getting absolutely embarrassed. Um, but yeah, I just think Ryan Christie's grown in confidence every week. Um, I don't actually remember him being this good at Inverness or Celtic, but he's certainly um, come to the fore with his performances in our red jersey and just hope to see more of it. He's definitely a player that looks like he can be a stick-on for player of the year um, with the way he's performing right now. And if he continues, I think he will be the only one that you can give the, that award to with performances like that. Well, the winning goal when it came was um, one for the Pataudry highlights reel when or if we <laughs> move to a new stadium. This is one that a lot of people are going to remember. And uh, it's a captain's goal. Graham Shinney stepping up with 12 minutes to go and pinging one into the uh, not quite top corner, as uh, I think I may have thought at the time, but a beautifully placed 25-yard shot out of the reach of the Cypriot goalkeeper Bruno Valley. And uh, giving us the lead on the night. Now, Graham Shinney was, as you rightly point out, Martin, booked in the second minute. But he didn't let that uh, dissuade him from being all over the pitch on Thursday. No, it's, it's always worried, no matter who, who it is, if you get a player booked so early in the game. Especially one as important as Shinney, though. He makes winning challenges. He makes important challenges. Um, and there was the concern that that was going to be in his mind throughout the rest of the game, but you're right, he didn't let it affect him. A leader's performance, I don't you know, we've spoken before here about you know, the word captain and what a captain means and things like that, but it was a performance of a leader, um, a leader on the pitch, and, he, and he's, shown, he's shown by example, um, and it was a, you know, the goal just ca- totally capped off what was undoubtedly you know, a proper man-of-the-match performance by Graeme Shinney. And it is important to, to have leaders in every part of the pitch, Ryan. You you obviously touched upon Carrie Arneson at the back there. There's only so much Graham Shinney can do from midfield if your defenders are looking a bit lost. Up front, we'll maybe be looking for, for a bit of leadership as a central striker at the moment because Nicky Maynard obviously started on Thursday, played for about 65 minutes. Dewey's still very much out, so he's only 100-odd minutes into his Aberdeen career. Yeah, exactly. I actually think Maynard did okay. Um, first half especially, he kind of drifted away in the second half. Um, I thought there was some nice touches. His link-up play was pretty decent, and he kind of looks like he knows how to play with three in behind him. Um, but as you say, there's only been 100 minutes of him in an Aberdeen strip, and I think his match sharpness is still very much lacking. So hopefully with a bit more games, he can get a bit more understanding playing in the team. And gets that first goal. Um, yeah, but I think in terms of your leadership up front, I think we're still kind of missing something. Uh, I don't know quite what that is, whether Louis Moult would be the answer to that. I'm not sure either, but there's definitely something missing up front still. It was also, I think, quite significant, Martin, that uh, Scott Wright came on for Mark Reynolds, albeit just before the goal. But it was a real uh, sign of intent as well for, from the manager. Obviously moving back from uh, the three at the back that he'd employed and going back to to a flat four against what was just one Cypriot player up front at that point. Um, and, you know, Scott Wright got on the ball and threatened to create stuff. But again, just as a statement of intent to say that, you know, we're absolutely not holding on for a 1-1 here. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what I liked about it was that Wright is... Clearly, a very talented young player. I know he's obviously he's not had a lot of minutes in pre-season, so it was good that he came on and he had a you know a strong perfor- strong performance. So he wasn't his be- his best performance in an Aberdeen shirt. That's fair. I think it's fair to say that. But he came on and he looked good. And hopefully, this means that we're going to see be seeing him more this season uh, because he's a, he is the type of player that can that can. No, unlock defences for lack of a better term. He's not really talented. It would be great to see a younger, a young player coming through that can do that sort of thing. 
for us as well. Um, and delighted that he came on, delighted to see him on, and hopefully it's you know the first of many appearances from this season. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously taken on before the like of Miles Story and um, who else was on the bench on uh, Thursday? Greg Tanzi as well. So, uh, you know, quite quite a vote of confidence for for him as far as that goes. Ryan, as we suspected before the game, two pretty well-matched sides. Um, I think there's an obvious concern that a simple tactical switch seemed to, seemed to throw us so considerably, but we should really believe in ourselves this coming week, shouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do think the game was 50-50 up until that red card. Um, uh, I just think that going over there, um, sort of counter-attacking formation that Derek McInnes will undoubtedly go with kind of suits us a wee bit better. Although the only thing I'll worry about is do they get caught in two minds who had to go for that other goal or sort of stick with what they've got. Um, but definitely I don't think they should fear going over to um, Cyprus. We've put in good away performances before and I don't think we should, should start worrying about it now. Well, we'll come back to talk a bit more about that second leg in more detail in a few minutes' time. But firstly... Let's talk to Ryan, who is... Uh, Ryan, you've been writing a blog for a couple of years uh, called A Red Point of View, but uh, yep. you made a decision to uh, to start an online magazine uh, in favour of the, the blog uh, starting this season. Why did you come to that decision? Obviously, we've got all our different um, blogs and pieces out there, like myself, there's Stats and Miniskirts, um, Martin Stone does some stuff, and there's loads of other great content out there, but there's not really a place where it's all in one, where supporters can kind of access it as one document type thing. Um, So I kind of thought it'd be great to sort of pull stuff together, sort of get an interview from an ex-player, obviously this time it was Darren Mackey, and just kind of put it out there to see what supporters would think. Whilst you've been, you know, the hard work of pulling it together, what's been your biggest challenge? Um, Biggest challenge is probably just finding the time to actually put it together. Although the design might look quite simple, it is time-consuming and the amount of nitty-gritty things that go wrong or that technology doesn't work and stuff doesn't load and all that kind of thing. You end up sitting in a darkened room for about eight hours and not had anything to eat and all that kind of thing. So I just think definitely finding the time has probably been the, the most difficult thing. But the the fact is that you know the, the tools to do this kind of thing are out there now, aren't they? I mean, it's... Uh... Back in the day, putting together a fanzine, for example, which you know, I think this has got lineage back to to the fanzines that are that are sold outside the ground. It it was very much a DIY effort, and this is DIY, of course, as well. But being able to uh, look a lot less cut and paste and a lot more professional from your own bedroom. Yeah, definitely. Well, the thing is, we um, first and foremost, the magazine's created using InDesign, which is an Adobe software. Um, you started um, at university. We used it. We created a magazine in uni. Um, so that's so I kind of know how my way about the program, the software, and all that kind of thing. And I just thought I could put it to use, really. Um, but yeah, definitely, it is all this kind of software is really cheap these days. Um, you can get it really easily. And once you know, once you know what you're doing, it's pretty easy to pull things together. Um, especially when you're using a simple design like the one I kind of used in the magazine. So we spoke about uh, the challenges you might have faced, but what's been your favourite part of the whole exercise? Uh, favourite part is probably actually seeing the end product. I mean, I've been inundated with messages um, saying how everyone's loved it. That's been overwhelming. It's been brilliant. That's probably the best 
part of it, seeing your sort of good work come to fruition. Um, but yeah, just definitely, because I've printed out one of the, the magazine myself, just for a hard copy. Um, so actually holding it in my hands and seeing what I've created is, is pretty special, yeah. Now you've done the first uh, issue, Ryan, uh, what, are you, what are your plans to go forward? Are we going to see a second issue? I, I did see some of the, one of the Twitter comments that seemed, that seemed to think it would be coming out every Saturday night. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I find the time, that would be. Um, definitely looking to do something else. Definitely a follow-up issue, um, just with the reaction I got from this one. Everyone seemed to really like it, and it has this kind of support for, for another issue. Um, but I will say it'll probably be sort of every couple of months, just the time factor it takes up, and then actually like speaking to people and getting everything on board. Um, so I am looking to make it quite a regular thing, but regular being sort of every couple of months. Well, as we say, Ryan, it's a, it's an excellent addition to the stable of uh, Aberdeen FC material out there, and uh, a very fine effort on the part of you and all the writers who contributed. So, so very well done. And if you haven't already checked it out, you can follow uh, Ryan's social media uh, on a at a red pov is uh, Twitter. Uh, I'll need your help with the Facebook page, Ryan. Uh, it's just red point of view on Facebook. And the website itself is. Um, it is www.aredpointofview.wordpress.com Excellent, excellent. If Martin had been hosting, he'd have done all that research uh, and not let you do the hard work. But uh, <laughs> I am very lazy. And uh, But excellent work. If you haven't already checked it out, do make sure that you do. So before, again, going back to the away leg in uh, Limassol, let's discuss some meetings with Hamilton. Uh, firstly, apparently, there was a thing called the League Cup group stages, Martin. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, but it's where teams like Hearts get to embarrass themselves before we even enter the competition. So uh, the result of that was that the draw was made for the second round on Sunday and it's paid us with a glamorous trip to uh, Lanarkshire to the plastic pitch where we couldn't win last season. Looking forward to it? Oh, I can't absolutely can't wait. I mean, yeah, I've, I've truthfully, I mean, Hamilton again. Um, yeah, it was kind of, you have to kind of get yourself up for these games, I suppose. Um, but you know, we could be doing without another meeting. I get meeting with Hamilton. It's it's a way it is. Um, a lot of people, obviously, you know, are very critical of the pitch. I've been one as well. Um, unfortunately, it's something we're just going to have to try and overcome. There's a trophy at stake, so it just has to be done. Yeah, the uh, the sides that we could have faced, Ryan, they were mostly of the kind of lower half of the Premiership level, weren't they? It was always going to be uh, the likelihood of an awkward tie. Yeah, I mean, it, it is awkward, but I, I think we forget that the two games we played down at Hamlin, although we lost both, I think we dominated, especially the second game, extremely. Um, I think it was something like 20 corners we had at the end. It was ridiculous. Um, but obviously... The fact that um, we lost there twice last season, you have that pitch, and take that into account as well. It'll be tricky, yeah. But looking at Hamilton's results in the group stage, I mean, they drew with Albion Rovers and Queen of the South. Um, so I, obviously, you expect to beat Hamilton, but then you, you factor in the sort of all the stuff from last season that sort of throws it into the balance a wee bit more. But you'll be gutted if we go out, and, but I fully expect us to go through. Not only that, but it will, joy of joys, be two games against Hamilton in four days. Because the league campaign kicks off on Sunday at Pataudry, at home to Hamilton. Now, it, because of the European games, Martin, it has crept up on us to start the league. 
but the fixture list has been pretty kind to us. There was a real chance to build some momentum, get some considerable points on the board. You look, you look at the first sort of six or seven games, and for being the second best team in the country, which we are, they are all no, all those games are winnable. You know, you get you've got your St Johnston in there, which could be tricky. Um, eventually, we'll eventually we'll come up against um, the league winners, which Celtic obviously, which will be which will be very difficult. But you know, you look at that opening run, like we went a couple of seasons ago. You maximum points after after a few games, and then you're looking at you know. You're looking at it, it's teams chasing us. It's not us doing any chasing. So yeah, you're right though to say that it has crept up in us. It's great to have. It's great to have European football as well. And it's like I don't want to call it a, distra- a distraction because it isn't a distraction. Because you know, we should be Aberdeen should be doing this every season. We should be. You no, know, there's love. Love seeing us play twice a week. Um, and long may that continue. Yeah, Ryan. I mean, we're all hoping here, obviously, that uh, we don't just have the Hamilton game moved to a Sunday, but there's two further games moved if we make the qual- uh, the fourth qualifying round. And then a whole host of other changes later in the year, uh, should we make the group stages. So it, it's a challenge that we want to have, isn't it? Playing Thursday, Sunday, uh, Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you'll find too many people complaining about it, to be honest. Um, it's just, it would be fantastic to get to the group stages. And I think the sort of extra games being moved and all that kind of thing, extra games in itself, I don't think that'd be too much of a bother to anyone. You want to see Aberdeen play as much as possible. Especially in Europe. Start of a new season, always really quite tough to know what to expect from Hamilton. As you say, Ryan, they didn't really impress in their uh, League Cup group despite winning it. They finished with the lowest number of points of any group winner. Uh, not only did they have the draws that you spoke about, they only narrowly scraped uh, past East Kilbride, who were non-league until very recently. Might still be non-league, actually. No, it's Edinburgh City that came up, isn't it? They are still non-league. That said, not only the away games, but uh, even the home game at Pataudry in the league last year, Martin, around Christmas time, they made us work. They're they're one of these teams. They're well organised. They're dif- they're difficult to play against. It's uh it's one of those things where it's very easy to use the cliches to describe them because they are the absolute cliche of just a difficult team. Obviously, Ryan referred to the game. You know when we had you know, twenty odd corners and couldn't couldn't get a goal. It's just the well the they've got a man a manager there who well not superbly talented as well knows how to organise a team, knows how to frustrate teams like Aberdeen that are you know have got talented players. Um. We're going to be a different animal this season. You know, there's going to be less reliance on Hayes and McGinn because they're not here. So uh, they're going to have to come up with something different to tr- to try and stop us this season. Yeah, I think that's an, an important point, Ryan. I mean, jo- Johnny Hayes and now McGinn were tremendous players for Aberdeen. They contributed a hell of a lot. But we were slightly predictable at times when we uh, went forward. It's going to be less so this year, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's, it's almost easier for... Teams like Hamilton to sort of, when Aberdeen are getting the ball out wide, to sort of stick their men behind the ball, sort of close down, haze them again, and sort of stop that service into the box. But with players like Christie, Greg Stewart and Mackay Stephen, who sort of play in between the lines a bit more, um, sort of pull players out of position, sort of look for balls in behind, all that kind of thing, um, it'll be a lot more difficult for Hamilton to defend against. Um and I think it was almost the same kind of thing with St Johnson. They kind of sort of sussed out how to play against us. Uh, but it's a completely different style of play this year. Uh, different team. And I think we'll be better for it. Well, undeniably, the atmosphere at Petaudry on Sunday will be determined based on the result on Thursday. Not just the atmosphere, the crowd as well, no doubt. So, Martin, how, how do you think we should approach this on Thursday? You've already spoken about... Uh, 
you know, wanting to make sure that we attack in Europe and we don't try and edge through games. But uh, Derek has shown a fondness for going three at the back away from home in Europe before. Do you think that's something you might experiment with again? Perhaps, yeah. I mean, you see that, um, obviously, like we mentioned earlier that he brought on Arneson um, and they played with a three. I think that that, kinda, that prob- would probably be, I think, the way he goes. You know, Arneson will be there to kind of to organise um, and allow allow guys like McLean to do their jobs and get forward and not have to worry about any kind of def- as much defensive responsibility. We've also got to be careful. I mean, you don't want to well don't don't want to do something silly and lose an early goal over there because then we're kind of then it's sort of might it'll be panic stations and we'll have to we'll have to start chasing. So, but I do think that perhaps three at the back might might be the right way to go for this one. Yeah, but Ryan, because of the scoreline, even if we do lose. One goal. It doesn't need to be a panic, does it? Because um, you know, if we can just score that one goal, it gives us that cushion. And you'd have to feel, based on the first leg and based on what we did in Herzegovina in the last round, that we are capable of going there and scoring. You would worry perhaps about keeping a clean sheet, but you do feel we can score. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I mean, we've gone to Croatia, scored three goals. Went to Herzegovina, scored twice scored in Kazakhstan, Macedonia, Holland even. I mean, some of our better performances have actually been away and Derek McInnes and his team do know how to score away in Europe. Um, I mean, we were really unlucky in Maribor, I have to say, not to get that goal. Um, But I fancy us to score. I didn't think they looked that great defensively, um, Apollon, on the soul. They... As said, their fullbacks are there to be got at, um, definitely on the counter-attack as well, if they're pushing to get that goal. Um, and if we do get that goal, it kind of cancels out, well, it does cancel out their sort of strike at Pataudry. Um I just think that we should go over there with no fear, um, which I think the players will. I think that's kind of been instilled in them by Derek McInnes. And yeah, I just think we should go over there, play our normal game, and I think we should be fine. Right, and there's a familiar challenge to face uh, in the heat because it's going to be uh, high 20s by the time the game kicks off at 8pm local, 6pm UK. And um, we've had that issue earlier this season and indeed in Croatia a couple of years ago. So we should know how to cope with that. But equally, it's imperative that we start better than we did in either of those games. I, I don't, not necessarily caught cold in those games, but you know, um, Rijeka, for example, you know, we, could have been, we could have been dead and buried before we before we turned it around and got that sensational result, um, Almaty was a bit different. You know, we were undone by an absolute storm of a storm of a goal, um, and then the game kind of. I just thought I felt then the game got away with us, um, but we'll have to obviously start better. It's it's the thing of you know we mentioned earlier sticker twist. Or do you kind of do you go three at the back and you know try and perhaps maybe be a little bit more more adventurous, or do you do you take care and try and keep it tight and. Perhaps you no. Know, if you keep it tight, then you will start. But you will start better. You keep hold of the ball, and you don't let them see the ball. Frustrate them. They need. They need to score. You know. They need. They, we're in that. We're in that kind of comfortable position. So. But yeah, we need. We need a good start. Um. You no. Know, a start like last Thursday would be sensational. I mean, if we're being totally honest, isn't it? Well, yeah, we are in a different position, uh, aren't we? Because this is the first time we've actually won one of these uh, third round qualifying games, and we're taking a lead over there. So that obviously has its own challenges because there is a question about you know how attacking are we going to be. Derek, you would say up until perhaps last season as a naturally cautious manager, but uh, what do you reckon, Ryan? I think first and foremost you'd rather be 
in this position than the positions we've been in last season. I think that's why it was so important to make that ten man uh, sort of extra man advantage count um, for that last half an hour at Pataudry. I think we needed to get that goal to get that advantage going into this game. Um, as you say, we've we've not won a QR three game yet, um, so it's kind of sort of new horizons for us. But I definitely think you'd rather that than have to chase the game. But it is almost kind of like dare I dare I mention it the Fola S game. We didn't really know what to do. Um, sort of go and attack or kind of sit back and protect our leads. You fear it might sort of be similar to that. But you hope not and you hope sort of our counter attacking qualities come through. Well, if we play like we did in Luxembourg that night, we'll be out and we'll be out comfortably. There's absolutely no question about it. It would be gutting to go out, Martin, wouldn't it? It's such a chance to get through to the uh, the playoff round here. And it has a the potential to really cast a shadow over the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, it would be devastating to go out. I mean, it's... it's... It's all in the position I think we see ourselves in right now. I think it's it's almost unthinkable because it would just be it would just be such a such a such a negative way to go into the season. You know, you want to still be in Europe when the when the when the proper stuff has started, when you're like your your bread and butter football starts. So um, it would be it would be crushing. I mean, I, I I'm generally very confident. I think that with this group of players, we're looking we're looking really promising for the for the season. You know. I'm sure many times this season we're going to wax lyrical about guys like Ryan Christie. These ty- these players are are going to be the ones that are going to. I'm I'm more than confident we'll see us through. Well, let's end on that positive note. European football's uh, in our blood here at uh, Aberdeen, so we're desperately praying that we get at least two more games this season, uh, because nights like Thursday night can't really be topped, um, and they come along so infrequently at a domestic level that uh, European football really provides that spice and uh, it's over so quickly it has been in recent seasons it would be great to extend it uh, even if it is just for a few weeks more but my thanks tonight to uh, Ryan Crombie uh, the man behind a red point of view online magazine Ryan thank you yeah it's great to be back uh, thank you, Richard. Um, thanks for giving me the chance to plug my magazine as well. <laughs> Excellent work. As I say, uh, if you haven't already taken a read of it, do seek it out. We certainly retweeted it on Saturday evening. I dare say any Aberdeen-facing uh, Twitter account has probably retweeted it as well. So if you're on Twitter, you'll definitely find it. If you're on Facebook, just have a look for a red point of view or indeed go directly to the WordPress site and find it there. And also, my thanks to Martin Cleanus. Martin, thank you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, one of the regular podcasting team, Grant, will be over in Cyprus this week, the lucky, lucky boy. Uh, but the rest of us will have to make do with sitting in front of a TV, be it in the pub or be it at home, and uh, praying that the Dons can get the job done. We'll be back with you next week for either post-mortem or hopefully a celebration of a job well done. Come on, you Reds. Come on, you Reds.